Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Fun Sized Podcast. If you're new here, my name is Kirsten and I am a nutrition and fitness coach for women under 5'3". This podcast and my content on all my other platforms is about empowering petite women to be the highest version of themselves via nutrition, fitness, fashion, and so much more. If you're under 5'3", make sure you hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform so that you don't miss another fun-sized episode. On last week's episode, I interviewed my most recent graduate of my one-on-one coaching program, and we had ever so slightly touched upon how she was able to go out to eat about once or twice per week and still make incredible progress week by week. So I thought it would be super fun to go further in depth about how she accomplished this. Most people, including Ko and I, have this kind of all or nothing mindset when it comes to going out to eat. We think, well, if I'm gonna go out and get something that I can't make for myself, then I'm gonna go all out and get the most ridiculous, epic thing out there. Done this plenty of times, I still do it from time to time. And There's nothing wrong with doing that from time to time, but if you're the type of person who goes out to eat often, let's say more than once a week, and you're petite and you've got body composition goals, then you're gonna have to learn how to navigate your plate so that you're not starting over every fucking Monday. So first off, just like I said in episode 107 about eating healthy while traveling, I want to seriously emphasize that it is physically, mentally, and emotionally good to take a break and live in the moment and enjoy a celebratory meal for your birthday, your best friend's wedding, your random date night out, and not worry about your macros from time to time. That is important for you to do. You are a human being who deserves to eat whatever the fuck you want, and you get to determine those moments. I'm guessing that the reason you're listening to this episode is because you want to learn how to navigate all of the other times that you have the opportunity to go out to eat, but it's not something crazy. Maybe you're not celebrating anything at all, but your significant other suggests going out since there's not a whole lot going on in the fridge right now. Or maybe you've got a work lunch thing that you have to go to that you can't really get out of. Um, I could go on and on about the possible scenarios where you don't want to go off the rails, but the gist of it is you want to learn how to properly plan, eat fun foods, and stay on track while going out. And I'm going to teach you exactly that in just five simple steps. So the first one being look at the menu in advance. Luckily, we can find most menus online nowadays. And if not, I promise you, someone has taken a picture of it and put it on Yelp. It's out there somewhere, which means that you can look at it before you even get to the restaurant. And I highly suggest looking at it as far out in advance as possible because you never know what kind of distractions are going to be going on as soon as you sit down. We've all had that situation where someone you're with is like talking your ear off and when the wages comes around, you're like, ah, we need more time. And if you're feeling anxious or rushed, you're likely not going to make the best of decisions. So do yourself a favor and look at it beforehand. If you have no idea where you're going and you don't know what the menu is gonna be until you get to wherever it is you're going, just take more time to look at the menu, knowing that there will be distractions, there will be other things going around. Like, There's nothing wrong with asking for more time to look at the menu. 
When you're looking for the menu in advance, you might find that some of the even bigger chains will have a nutrition facts menu where the total breakdown per entree is listed in a spreadsheet. Super helpful. Or even better, some places like Chipotle have a nutrition calculator where you can build your own burrito or bowl online and it tells you the exact macro profile. These are super helpful to gain more awareness for different food options. Like if I'm curious about how sugary a certain sauce might be, I'll take a gander at those nutrition facts, if they're available, of course. It's just another resource if you want to further look, but it's not totally necessary if you want to stay on track, and we'll get to that in the next few steps. Step two is to find a yummy option with protein. So usually the first thing I do is I scan the menu where the main ingredient is a protein source. This is because it's always super easy to get carbs and fats at most restaurants. The tricky part is getting enough protein. So find your top three or so protein entree options and then narrow it down from there. Some things to consider is how the protein is cooked. If it's grilled, broiled, or baked, it might not have as much added fats as something that's sauteed or fried or covered in sauce or dressing because they almost always use oil. And it's not that the fats from oils are bad and to be avoided entirely, but they can really add up especially if the rest of the meal contains things like avocado, nuts, seeds, or more oil. So what I'm getting at is to look for a lean source of protein. Obviously, some cuts of meat are going to have a little bit more fat than others, and that's okay. It's just you're not getting added fats from the way that they're cooking it. So that's just my tip. That way you still have room for the fun stuff in the rest of the meal. Step three is to plug it into your macro tracking app. I highly, highly, highly suggest logging each individual item rather than the whole meal because it will just make the next step much easier. So for example, don't log it as a Subway six inch turkey club. Instead, log it as a Subway six inch Italian bread, a Subway deli turkey, Subway banana peppers, etc., etc. There are, of course, exceptions to this rule. Like if you're having something like, I don't know, soup or sushi, it's much harder to break it down into individual items. So for things like that, it is okay. I would just get as specific as you possibly can be. So if you are dining at a chain restaurant, you're likely to find the exact listing in MyFitnessPal. So just make sure you type the name into the search bar first. For example, if you're eating at Olive Garden, you can search for Olive Garden breadstick and Olive Garden chicken marsala and continue to do this for each individual item that you want to get, then move on to step four. But before we move on to step four, if you aren't eating at a chain restaurant and it's more of like a mom and pop type place, look through a couple different generic options and decide which one's macros best reflect what you think they're going to give you. Since anyone can enter anything in MyFitnessPal, sometimes you'll find that the entries have the calories, but all the macros are zero, which could totally royally screw you over if you don't catch it. So be sure that the numbers accurately reflect each item that you log. And obviously I know we're not human macro calculators. You don't know this off the top of your head, 
but you should know enough by now if you've been tracking macros pretty diligently that things like deli turkey should be predominantly protein and not as high in fats and carbs. Just an example. Even if you're feeling totally unsure about this process, the educated guessing is a really good practice in general. Even logging a random entry is better than just pretending this meal doesn't count. Finding the correct entries in MyFitnessPal can easily be the hardest part of this entire process because uncertainty is a very yucky feeling. We all know this thanks to COVID, thanks to the gas prices going crazy. But avoiding the hard part won't help you in the long run. Log what you think is the best option and move on. Nine times out of 10, you'll learn from this experience and that is what helps you to become better next time. Are you hungry for some meals and treats and the perfect petite portions for your fitness goals? I got you covered, girl. Download my free fun size recipe library filled with over 36 recipes made for a petite by a petite. Just go to funsize.life slash recipes for free entry to my collection of healthy recipes. Step number four is to adjust your portion sizes to make it fit. So you plugged everything into MyFitnessPal. Now you got to look back at what you plugged in and see if it fits with your macros. And if not, you go back and adjust some of those serving sizes. So we all know that restaurant portion sizes are usually too big for most people, especially in America. And that means that we will likely have to make these few modifications. So for example, if you're over on carbs, reduce that carb source until it fits. See, this is why it helps to log each item individually. Or let's say you're ordering a eight ounce steak because that's the smallest size they have on the menu. But when you plug it into your macro tracking app, you find that it's just way too much protein than you need. Instead, adjust your portion size within your app to meet your protein goal. So let's say that's five ounces on that particular day. What I recommend is logging it as five ounces and then when your meal comes, cut off what looks like three ounces and just kind of push it off to the side. I will get to this much more in step five. But continue to adjust the rest of the items in the same manner as needed. Even if you're not sure how much rice they're going to give you, log the quantity that would best meet your macros. And then when you get your meal, observe it and modify it by pushing away any excess and only eat what you have logged. Step number five is to order it accordingly to what you planned or modify it once you receive it. So it's becoming more and more acceptable to order things in a modified manner. You can ask that your vegetables are steamed instead of sauteed. Again, think of the way the food is being prepared and how that will affect the macros. You can ask that your baked potato is plain instead of loaded with butter, cheese, and bacon bits. You can ask for a side salad instead of fries. When in doubt, you can always ask for the sauce or the dressing on the side. That way you can control how much or how little you add to the meal. You can always, always, always ask. And if they say they can't do it, then you ask for the next best thing, or you ask for more time to pick something else. As for modifying your meal once it arrives, I'm gonna go back to that steak example. You likely won't be able to order it as a five ounce steak because that will probably cause some problems in the kitchen and also when the bill comes. So this one, you'll have to just order it as it is, but 
To make things even trickier, you know that steak often cooks down and doesn't look as big as it was when it was raw. So this is another instance where you're just going to have to guess. Again, the more you practice this guessing game, the better you're gonna get at it. So what I would do is cut your steak at what looks to be the appropriate amount that you logged and push the rest of it off to the side and just kind of leave it there or give it to your boyfriend or husband, whatever. I highly suggest doing this when you first get your meal rather than halfway through because it's very easy to forget how much you've already eaten, especially when the conversation is good and there's mood lighting and all of the things. Side note, I know I talk a lot about educated guessing. Never have I ever whipped out a scale at a restaurant and neither would I ever suggest this to anyone. I think that kind of brings this obsessive vibe to it all. And to be honest, like if I was going out to dinner with my boyfriend and he whipped out a scale, I don't know how I'd feel about it. Like I, I might feel a little uncomfortable that like, he's going to that extreme and so you kind of have to think of that when you're going out like I mean I don't want to say like care about what other people think of you but at the same time like are you making them feel uncomfortable by whipping out your scale is it worth that like do we really need to do that I don't know that's topic for another time but anyway I've never brought a scale to a restaurant and never do I plan on doing that. And I really just don't suggest it to anyone. So if you've been tracking macros for quite some time, you should know what a few ounces looks like by now and will likely be very close to where you need to be. I want you to remember it is not about perfection and nailing it on the first try or nailing it every time. It's about practice with each and every time you go out to eat and I say this a lot, but consistency doesn't mean perfection. Consistency means doing the best you can majority of the time. And when we stop thinking about tracking macros as this end-all be-all, and we think about it more as practice, it becomes daunting and less scary. And it really just makes it more like practice. I mean, even when I'm at home and weighing my food, I like to play this little game with myself where I try to guess the weight before I place it on the scale because the better I get at it, the easier it will be to practice portion control when I don't have my scale, like when I'm at a restaurant. Anyway, now that you've planned it all out, you logged it in my fitness pal, you adjusted the portion sizes to meet your macros, you get the meal, you modify whatever needs to be modified, if it needs to be modified, and then you get to enjoy it, have fun. And listen, if you know you end up grabbing that little extra piece of steak and having it anyway, cause you are still hungry, just go back and add it into your MyFitnessPal. If you go over one day, it is not the end of the world. You just have to be honest with yourself. You have to put that in MyFitnessPal. And the more you do that and you're honest with yourself, the more you are going to understand your own patterns so that when these instances happen again, you can plan for them better. It's all a learning process. And okay, okay, I get that these steps can feel like a lot of work up front. Like it's not just as simple as go to the restaurant and order whatever the hell you're feeling like. But I promise you that like anything, this gets much easier with 
practice. The more you practice these steps, the more you go out to eat, the more you'll likely be able to make those healthier choices without even tracking, which is the whole point of tracking macros after all. The goal is not to have to track every meal you eat out for the rest of your life. The goal is to do this for a little while, to gain awareness, to gain knowledge, to gain the experience, and the confidence to do this all on your own without having to spend so much time thinking about it. Oh, and just for the record, the easiest places to track your macros while dining out are places where you can build your own bowl, wrap, salad, and whatever else. These are places like Chipotle, Moe's, Subway, the many Poke Bowl and modern Mediterranean establishments that have popped up over the years. Of course, I wouldn't suggest these for a date night or a big celebration, but if you're having one of those moments where you didn't have something cooked at home or you're on the go and you couldn't bring something with you, I would highly suggest going to a place like this where you can build your own meal accordingly and not have to worry so much. One of my all-time favorite things to do for my one-on-one clients during their 16-week program is to help determine what to get at restaurants. I always encourage them to send me the link to the menu as soon as they know where they're going. And I try to give them like two or three options that I would choose and that would meet their macros. And basically, it just takes all the guesswork out of it. And like we briefly mentioned in the last episode, I rarely suggest a boring salad. If I do, it's like the absolute last resort because there's nothing else on the menu that you can modify. I know what it feels like to have other people judge what you're eating. And I want you to know that it's possible to pick healthy options and modify them in such a way that aligns with your petite portion sizes, but at the same time, it looks like you're having just as much fun as everyone else. So if this sounds like something you need in your life to get the hang of how to navigate your plate wherever you are, apply for my one-on-one coaching program. The link will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know that you have a lot of choices when it comes to choosing a podcast episode to keep you occupied, whether you're walking, driving, cooking, or whatever else it is that you're doing. So I just want to say thank you for listening all the way through and thank you for your continued support. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, leave me a five-star rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to be entered in the drawing to win a free fun size tank top. I'll be announcing the next winner at the end of episode 115. Thanks again. And as always, I'll catch you in the next episode.